Welcome back to Pod for Teacher, Season 3. Yay! I'm Aaron Fitzpatrick. I'm Nate Langelli. And I'm Kristen Milanovic. Whoa, 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 Brad, whoa. Brad. Sound, That's right. You sound a little That's... different there. Ah, <laughs> of course, uh, you haven't for, we haven't forgotten, you know, Brad, he almost abandoned us. Well, he mm. did abandon us, I guess you could say. Not intentionally, but I did cry a little. At the end of the previous school year, when he accepted a new position at another district, halfway across the state, may as well be Brad. across the world. Jeez. So he's probably never going to listen to this anyway. I tell you, <laughs> no, he will. We he's should throw in guy. some some little Easter eggs and see if he yeah, follows the trail. Exactly, <laughs> that'd be pretty funny. Secret questions. So obviously, back by popular demand is Mrs. Kristen Milanovic, whom you may remember. Who am I kidding? Of course, you remember from the first episode of season two. Must be nice to have summers off. Whoa. So Whoa. if you're just joining us and are already wondering what you subjected yourself and your ears to. It's worth a trip down the rabbit hole to catch up on that slice of conversational pie. But I digress. Kristen, welcome back. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Nate. Very excited to be back here on the pod. How do you feel sitting amongst us? I feel as pretty a, great. As a co-host I, here. Fe- I feel pretty great. In- and and I, I just feel like I need to tell everyone that I'm in a trial period, right? <laughs> that we're just testing it, me out. A, the trial is period is correct? all yours. Oh, it's like, mine. Yeah, I got the job. You, you I got to, the you job. Get to try it Good. Out. I'm excited. We're, I think we're auditioning for her, really. It, well, do, do you think? I never told you this, but you know, once I realized that, that Kristen wanted to, to join us here, I knew that our, our old feeble uh, rudimentary setup that we used to record the pod with like, was, would not suffice for the Kristen Milanovic. So we had to seek out a brand new Pod for Teacher studio. Yes. And it's pretty great. It is. Uh, um, it is a little bathroom stall, <laughs> uh, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> but we're, we're working it's got on this a nice brown color on the walls. Now, full disclosure, we may or may not have a production team that gets this up and running. Either way, I'm going to reference them. It okay. could be real people or not. I'd be like, hey, producer, so thank you, thank please, you. Yes, you know, yes. I make sure that people cut things so I don't get fired. It's gonna be great. Yeah. it's gonna be great. But I'm gonna refer to you as K Mills. Is that all right? Yeah, that's Ooh. that's fun. K, K Mills. Mills. I, I like, like it. it. I like it. All I like right. it. It's got a nice <laughs> nice twist. But now that we are back from summer, let's start. We'll, we'll dip our toes in the water, even though we miss the water. You can't swim anymore. The pool's closed. You know, what was summer like for Yinzers? Yinzers or Ussers? Uh, you know. um, so I took a summer job, right, which was very exciting. Kudos so, to you. Yeah, Congratulations. Thanks, thanks. So I worked every day here at this school, and I worked with technology, so that was tons of fun. Yeah. And sure. But I did get to enjoy the pool and some warm weather, and I didn't do any trips, though. But it yeah. must be nice to have summers off, though, right? Must be. <laughs> oh. See how I brought that back? Oh, Bitsy cool. has not lost so his sense of humor. Nice. This is great. Well, um, I, I did... Uh, Something sort of similar myself. I, I also took a job, um, not just a summer job, though. It's a job that I will continue to keep year round um, with a robotics company, working with them to write curriculum for them and uh, try to make their content um, as user friendly as possible for programs that pick up their uh, type of robotics kits uh, to make sure that they can uh, make sense of it if they're just beginners or whatever. So I was just a beginner, but I. <laughs> Now understand a little bit about robotics and um, get to work with a pretty good group of people. But because of that, I I also did not get to vacation much. Went to a couple concerts, but uh, like fairly busy, but also um, uneventful summer. No offense, but when you're describing your other job, I kind of zoned out halfway. No, yeah. it sounds great, buddy. It sounds great. I'm glad it's you're a, able to learn new things. You know, lifelong learning. It is. Did you? Yeah. Did you go to Hootie and the Blowfish? 
I did not go to Hootie um, and the Blowfish. I did. No. I'm older. So you just was brought it, that I up did. to the rubbing in his face. Basically. I did. It was a great <laughs> you concert. You probably knew he didn't it go. You're like, did you go? It I rained know. and it had all this thunder and lightning happening and like Starlight didn't know what to do. It was pretty great though. So for our, our younger listeners who have no yeah. idea what that is. <laughs> it's Darius Hoot- Rucker. They know yeah. Darius Rucker. Yeah, yeah, the, he, yeah, that's right. So Darius Rucker, remember he sang Wagon Wheel like everybody else in music today. <laughs> uh, have you sang Wagon Wheel? I've not. Uh, not okay. No. <laughs> I don't sing. For me, over the summer, I guess I should have got some other part. I don't know if you left out, but we went to Disney World. Yeah. And we went to South Carolina and did some trip. Hit up the local joint known as Kennywood around these parts and yeah, did some fun stuff. Very you know, nice. And swam. So, you know, why not? Sounds like a great summer. You know why? Because it must be nice to have my summers <laughs> oh, off. So. Right. Right. And there it is. And it is. And it is. And it is. Very nice. Well, we are back. Um, transitioning to a more... Serious topic here. In the world of education, standards and contents are stressed a lot. We have mandatory testing, standards to address, curriculum, and IEPs to follow. All those those things are necessary, but are they the most important things to focus on? With the ever-increasing rates of students and adults suffering from mental and emotional health issues, maybe we need to take another approach. Suicide rates continue to rise no matter what academic scores are achieved, And I'm not convinced improved academics will greatly improve the personal health of individuals. So with that in mind, we're here today to talk about what can we do? What can we do to help the students? And what can we do to help the teachers, staff, and administrators? Our answers to those questions and a look at the research, plus our conversation on the topic with Mr. Joe Testa, our school psychologist, right here after this word from Pixies. Welcome back. Before we get into discussions on the topic of mental health, here's some information about what it is, what to look for, and possible causes, along with some statistics. So here goes. According to the Mayo Clinic, mental illness can also be called mental health disorders, refers to a wide range of mental health conditions, disorders that affect your mood, thinking, and behavior. Examples of mental illness include depression, anxiety disorders, schizophrenia, eating disorders, and addictive behaviors. Many people have mental health concerns from time to time, but a mental health concern becomes a mental illness when ongoing signs and symptoms cause frequent stress and affect your ability to function. A mental illness can make you miserable and can cause problems in your daily life, such as at school or work or in relationships. You know, Nate, that's an interesting point because I I think some people, when you hear the words mental illness, they think a much deeper issue whereas there's some examples of it based on what you're saying is just feeling sad or down or confused and not able to concentrate right so at what point does it become just being not yourself and a young person growing up right and trying to find themselves to mental illness and that's when um i think all those other symptoms could be important right i i think you're on the right track and i agree with what you're saying sometimes people take it to the extremes which are very serious very detrimental but even mental it could be on a much smaller maybe not as visible way as well it still affects people in their daily lives 
Um, so I think, I think you're on the right track with that. Well, I'm going to go through the list because I think people need to hear it because it, it, it is very, um, the signs and symptoms are a wide range. So it's a feeling sad or down, confused thinking or reduced ability to concentrate, excessive fears or worries or extreme feelings of guilt, extreme mood changes of highs and lows, withdrawal from friends and activities, significant tiredness, low energy or problem sleeping, detachment from reality, delusions, paranoia or hallucinations, inability to cope with daily problems or stress, trouble understanding and relating to situations and to people, problems with alcohol or drug use, major changes in eating habits, excessive anger, hostility, or violence, and suicidal thinking. And just a thought, I mean, I'm assuming most people at some point in their life checks one of those boxes off at some right. point, right? Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's the awareness part is like, this could be anybody at any time. It doesn't have to be extreme, whatever you can think of, like long for over long periods of time, like people hit these things in their life, you know, from time to time. Everybody goes through something like this. Right, so every one of those things um, is seemingly more normal, and I'm using that term very loosely here, um, than, than what maybe we used to attribute to what we consider mental illness. Um, and you did ask before about when does it go from maybe exhibiting a, a symptom or a sign to actually being you know diagnosed or something like that. Um, according to that same study, certain factors do or may increase your risk of developing a mental illness. Um, those include a history of mental illness in a blood relative, such as a parent or a sibling, stressful life situations, such as financial problems or a loved one's death or a divorce, um, an ongoing uh, chronic medical condition, such as diabetes, brain damage as a result of a serious injury, like a traumatic brain injury, such as a uh, violent blow to the head, traumatic experiences, such as military combat or assault, use of alcohol or recreational drugs, a childhood history of abuse or neglect, a few ha having few friends or few healthy relationships, or a previous mental illness. Those are all signs that, that you may uh, increase your risk of developing a mental illness. And what I'm hoping to take away from this is still to strip away like the stigma. When people say like, mental health, they have a stigma about who it is or what it looks like. But these sort of things, again, these cause, like this could happen to anybody. And I, I think it's important to try and break from these chains that we have, that there is a, a negative association with people who say that they may have a, a mental health issue or a concern or whatever it is. And so just trying to paint a more accurate picture as to what it is, what it could look like, possible causes of it. Then the reality is it could hit anybody. So I think that's the, that's the key here with it. And then talking about hitting almost anybody, here's some statistics, but that the US News put out a report a few months ago, and that's what they said. said most of us know someone who struggles with mental health issues, whether it's depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, or another problem. Mental health issues are common. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reports that 3.9% of adults aged 18 or older have experienced serious psychological distress in the past 30 days. And if you play that out, if you do the math, that's a lot of people in this country. There's a million, 300 plus million people, so that's a lot. 7.6% of persons aged 12 and older have depression in any two-week period. 8.4% of children aged 6 to 17 have been diagnosed with anxiety and or depression. Suicide is the second leading cause of death in 10 to 34-year-olds. Wow. 
That's huge. And it's something, and that's something that we can all safely sit here and say, sadly, that that's that suicide has touched each of our lives in in, in different ways over the years as well. So it, it is way more prevalent than some people may realize. Mm-hmm. Also, Mental Health America, which is a nonprofit, recently put out a report. And this is what they found: over 44 million American adults, that's just the adults, 18.07 percent, have a mental health condition. Now that actually does represent a slight decrease from the 2015 report which found 18.19%, so a slight decrease of adults, had a mental health condition. The rate of youth experiencing a mental health issue continued rising, and 62% of teens and children with a major depressive episode received no treatment. And according to the National Alliance on Mental Illness, it reports that approximately one in five adults in the United States, 46.6 million, experience mental illness in a given year. This breaks down into 1.1% or 2.4 million of American adults living with schizophrenia, 2.6%, 6.1 million living with bipolar disorder, 6.9%, 16 million living with major depression, and 18.1%, 42 million living with anxiety disorders. Now, in your research, did it say that those are untreated? numbers like are those is the 6.1 million people with a bipolar disorder are they being you know taking medication to help them i think for that one they didn't specify about that though untreated that was specifically to uh teens and children with a major depressive episode so i'm not sure the technical definition of a major depressive episode but 62 percent of those went untreated i'm not sure i'm i'm fairly confident that not everybody with like bipolar if it's 2.6 percent like there, there probably is a decent amount, but I don't have the numbers. But that is a common thing throughout that we saw that treatment, even though it's growing, it is still limited in certain areas. So I don't have the right. exact numbers on it, but that is, not everybody does have access to it, whether it's insurance or they lack the, the financial means to, you know, to pay for it. Or, like, is there really a problem, right? I mean, based off all those signs and symptoms, I mean, you never know if you're like, geez, maybe I'm just in a funk today and you don't think you need treatment. Yeah. That's true too. Certainly enough evidence there exists to, to set, to kind of point you in that direction that, Hey, you know, we see that this is a big issue. It's affecting so many people. Maybe don't take these things lightly, you know? Exactly. Right. And I think even on a smaller level that maybe you don't get treatment, but do you have somebody in your life that you can talk with? Do you have a friend? Do you have a family member? Cause one of the symptoms or signs, like few or few family members or few friends. So even just having people, you know, right. whether it's a professional or not, just somebody to, to talk with and say, hey, I'm having a rough day, you know? Well, and I think even some things that can even help too are just when, I don't know, like the people make others feel better, right? And I think that brings a big, um, that's a big part of it. And I think technology and social media really play a role in the self-esteem of the young kids. And I mean, even adults, as you look at, others and what they're posting and the, the lives that they have, right? Or per, if you perceive they have based off what you see on social media. And so I think the self-esteem refers to, right, your high self-esteem or, or low self-esteem that you have essentially about yourself. And I, I found an excerpt from a website that I wanted to share with you guys talking about like how we as people inherently now judge ourselves based off what we see 
uh, about others, whether it is social media. And I, obviously back in the, you know, my time where social media did not exist in my high school or college careers. Wait a second. No. Oh, thank God. I mean, yeah, it didn't. Right. I, I no, know. I know. Can you believe it? You look, you look a lot younger than that to me. Oh, thanks. You're, thanks. You're nope, welcome. Nope, yeah. A little old. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. Not too old, but old, right. <laughs> but it's, um, you know, you would compare yourself to someone and then you would, you know, in class, oh, wow, I really like the way she's dressed or I like her backpack or I like everything about her. And then you would compare yourself. But then when you would leave, you would those thoughts of that person, they would go away because they weren't thrown back in your face through social media. And I think that self-esteem is directly related to those types of things because it shows um how we value ourselves as we base them off of someone else. And it's so important to have uh, someone to help you grow your self-esteem or some of those small things could turn into really big things. And I think that to go along with that, you talk about like technology and how it's like always in your face, but there's a lot of positives that people can do with, so with social media too. And mm -hmm. I think that's a good um, a reminder for us that we can encourage other people mm -hmm. through those platforms and other things. Um, but I completely agree. Like you see it, we as people compare ourselves, and so sometimes I don't know if you've ever found yourself doing that. I try and flip it around and say, "Well, what do I have that other people don't have?" And so just trying because right. it's very easy to say, "Well, I don't have this, and I wish I had what they well, have." It's interesting. This study on this article, they they took a group and they split them in two, mm -hmm. and they told one group that introverts. Um, are historically the most successful. And they told the other group that extroverts were the most successful. And they had this whole big discussion about the statistics. And then after it was all said and done, they took everybody into the room and they gave them a survey. And one of the questions was, would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? Well, clearly those that were in the group that, you know, that's, stated that extroverts were going to be more successful, they they said that they were extroverts, whereas the opposite was true with the introverts, when it wasn't necessarily who they associated with, truthfully, but who they thought they were supposed to be because they're supposed to be successful. It's interesting. Yeah, I like that. Not necessarily how it plays out, but just right. the psychology yeah. behind it all. Yeah, how, the, how it affects the, the, the human mind and stuff. Yeah. Uh, we also came across a, uh, a piece written by Martha Beck, who is a motivational speaker and a Harvard professor. Uh, called this, she wrote this piece called Seeking Joy. Thought it was an interesting perspective. Here's some, here's some takeaways from that. The fact that our culture has come to define happiness as an experience that blows your mind. It's as though we're somehow falling short if we don't routinely feel the way Times Square looks, madly pulsing with a billion watts of wow. If you worry that your life is lacking in events so exciting they'll make your head spin like an industrial food processor, she has good news for you. You can relax. The best way to increase genuine joy is to stop searching for manic highs and instead explore the planes of, of peace. Happily, you're in the perfect place to begin this very moment. And it's a process to shift your thinking and focus on the now. By doing this daily, you'll see that the motivation to be here now will gradually grow stronger than the cultural pressure to seek excitement. When this happens, you'll be on your way to genuine happiness, abundant, sustainable delight in the beautiful moments of, ordin of ordinary life. I, for one, I, I can speak for myself here. Um, actually, I, j I just came across a, uh, a Photoshopped picture. This uh, was an art project. Was it, were you in it? I was not. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I, 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 while I would agree that I, I 
probably need a fair amount of photoshopping. To <laughs> that was not my point. That was not my point. Uh, the uh, the photoshop picture I saw was a, it was a couple the they were lying in bed mm-hmm. facing in opposite direction. Did you see that? Yeah. Um, I did not. So they were uh, they photo the artist photoshopped their cell phones out of their hands to depict how lonely and isolated they looked in the photo. They were like facing away from each other, looking at their hand. Um, and, it, and it was really, Did you really scroll telling. through the rest of the pictures? Yeah. Do you want to? He just felt like, so there were four women standing around what looked like to be a, I don't know, wedding shower or something that was supposed to be celebratory. And they were all looking down and off by themselves and the phones were gone. So it looked awkward. And not just awkward. I mean, like we realize that we do, we all do this, and mm-hmm. and we're isolating ourselves, and we're and we're basically we're not living in the moment. We're you know we are we're scrolling through the Instagram photos and seeing what vacations these people you know that our, our our friends are going on and and what people are wearing and what people are doing, and then and without even thinking about it, the comparisons are there, and you know. So not only are we taking ourselves away from that necessary human interaction that does kind of boost that mental health. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, positivity that we all need in our lives, but what we're taking, what we're uh, replacing that with are the things that actually make things worse for us to begin with. And, and I'm not just talking about excessive cell phone use. I'm talking about some of these social media platforms that, that put that right back in your face. So it's almost like a, uh, like a double whammy, you know, I mean, you may have heard this cheesy saying like an attitude of gratitude, right? Trying to possess it. I think that's what we're talking about. Like, can you be thankful for things that you have? without necessarily having to be sad that you don't have something that somebody right. else has. Can you be truly thankful for what is in your life, what, what you are, what you can control versus what you can. Right. So, and it makes me wonder then culturally speaking, cause I don't know if this is, you look at the numbers across different countries, like America, we struggle in terms of increasing suicide rates versus other countries. We're, we're way up there, you know, mental health issues. So, there has to be something more than just physical because people, right? It has to be more than just, some of these issues are very physical, but the growing rise of it, say it has to be cultural as well. Like what's going on in our culture, what's going on in our society. And I did hear somebody say once, some cultures fundamentally are more, this is their take is they're more interdependent versus independent. Whereas people live in a community they grow and they support and they don't feel the need to show like not show off but stand on their own like whereas in our culture like we stress independence right and if you don't quote measure up in your standards then you feel alone you don't feel as though you have those supports so i don't know if that's a if that's a possible i'm not a psychologist but i thought it was an interesting perspective that in other cultures where maybe they don't have these issues as prevalent that it could be just social structures how things operate so that was just an interesting thing that i came across well you may not be a psychologist but our guest today just happens to be. Uh, when we come back, we're going to sit down with school psychologist Joe Testa. Stick with us. The views and opinions expressed on Pod for Teacher are solely those of the authors and participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Freedom Area High School or the Freedom Area School District. Any account of this podcast without the written consent of Darth Vader is strictly prohibited. Welcome back, our excited listeners. Joining us is Mr. Joe Testa. Hello, everyone. How are we doing? <laughs> uh, questions. Before, you know, we're just going to jump right into it here. Okay. Softball question. Whose movies 
do you like better? You ready? Right. Adam Sandler's or Jim Carrey's? Uh, Adam Sandler's. You need to defend your choice. This is just like school. You can't yeah. just... I'd have to go on the, the SNL skits. Can I use those in my defense? Or are we talking strictly movies? I, I went with movies, but if you want to go SNL, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm still going Adam Sandler. I, I won't let Jack and Jill uh, bring him down too far. <laughs> so you're putting Billy Madison, Waterboy, all the above, like Dumb and Dumber, Liar, Ace Liar. Ventura. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm putting him above him. Fair enough. But now to the more serious topic as to why you're actually here. Uh, could you briefly give us your background and what all you do as a school psychologist? Yes. Yeah, so um, growing up, my, my parents were in the mental health field. Uh, and I knew that that's the direction I wanted to go in. Um, so had many different experiences with both adults and children that led me to say, okay, I think I could see myself working in a school someday. And then I found out this amazing career that is available known as school psychology. So that's the direction I went into, uh, which included graduate school and internships. Um, the best part about my job is that I really have such a variety of things that I can do from assessment uh, to uh, comprehensive evaluations to crisis intervention, working with teachers to help support students. There's just no day is the same. Uh, No no two days are the same. And anytime I get to see you, it puts a smile on my face. I think I can speak for all of us. I love seeing you guys too. No No doubt. (laughs) Um, So uh, sticking with our topic we've been talking about here concerning mental health, how would you describe or characterize mental health in schools today? Not just necessarily when you work in, but just in general things you've seen uh, in the field itself. Uh, again, I may be a little bit biased uh, with having such a significant mental health background, uh, but it, it couldn't be more crucial to our day-to-day functions within a school environment. We're constantly seeing on the news now, um, schools kind of in... Um, in there for negative things uh, because uh, maybe there wasn't the supports available. Um, so I just really think that mental health, in order to succeed academically, educational systems must adopt and provide individual and group mental health supports. It's imperative. Okay. So <laughs> I, I guess my question would be then, how effective are schools currently at addressing the needs associated with that mental health? I think awareness is the biggest key, I think, uh, even, you know, in in our area, in the, in the Pittsburgh area, I think school districts are becoming more aware of the impact that mental health has on our students, on our staff, and our community, whereas I think that it was kind of uh, shuffled under the rug in years past. So I think supports have definitely increased, even within the last four or five years. Uh, and resources for our, for our families is the biggest thing because we only see the kids for, you know, six and a half or less than hours a day. Uh, so they're really outside of school more than they're in school. So really providing families with appropriate supports. I think we've, we, we've grown a lot in, but it's something that we continue to, uh, to need to support. So would you say like along those lines that that's kind of like a, an obstacle that you kind of say that resources being a positive key, but then being able to actually access resources are having enough around absolutely and that's why the growing need for having school-based mental health services uh, in which our district does have and utilize um, very much it eliminates that transportation barrier and that puts more responsibility on the school as opposed to putting more on our families that maybe uh, 
maybe are dealing with uh, low-income areas and their own mental health needs, we're really being able to take that responsibility away and provide those supports in school. So how can we improve? I, I think that we can improve by continuing to stay updated with current supports. It used to be uh, school counselors were heavily involved with, with being able to provide individual supports. Now I think uh, we're getting a lot more resources from the county, but I think we need to continue to advocate for those resources uh, in terms of prevention specialists, school social workers. So I think that's our biggest thing that we need to improve on uh, as a school is continue to learn about mental health and find out what the most updated resources out out there are and, and try to get those in, in our schools. So would it be safe to say that the resources that are available would be something that each district would kind of have to assess on its own to kind of determine which ones best fit the needs of their clientele? Absolutely. I think it's, you know, whether you're looking at a curriculum or, or behavioral interventions, school-wide behavior plans or mental health, I think each district needs to know the demographics of their students and the resources available to them. Um, but absolutely, I think a, a school as well as a, a county and a community can take ownership in being able to advocate for those needs uh, for, for their own district. So then I'm just thinking along these lines, you know, we're teachers as teachers in the classroom. Are there things that we could specifically do? Obviously we're not counselors, you know, we're not psychologists. We can be aware of what's going on, maybe some of the warning signs, but just from what you've noticed, like the importance of teachers being able to play a, a positive role in that issue as well. I'm just curious what your thoughts on uh, what we are able to do in the classroom itself. You guys are able to provide so much to the, to our students because again, the time that they're in school may be the only time that they're able to form expectations, um, knowing what's going to happen next, which would decrease anxiety levels. Um, you guys are able to give those verbal, nonverbal cues to, to kids to say, hey, you're having a good day, just checking in with them, showing them that there's a support there. Um, I also think that being able to just communicate and talk to them, ask them about how they're doing, maybe the only time anyone asks them how they're doing all day. So you guys on a daily basis can provide consistent uh, and elaborate support for all students. Um, Joe, in previous episodes, we talked about student performance, specifically in regards to standardized testing. And we learned that socioeconomic status is a significant contributing factor. Absolutely. Do socioeconomics play a role in mental health as well? I mean, you did more sort of mention this a, a little bit ago. Um, and if so, like, what are the most notable variables that contribute positively or negatively to one's mental health? Uh, uh, socioeconomic status absolutely has a, a huge impact on, uh, on mental health concerns. Uh, also, the, the resources that are available. So looking at demographics, uh, what are available for the families in order to treat uh, some of those um, ailments that, they're, that they're, they may be experiencing. Uh, also looking at um, past trauma, um, family history on an individual basis, those are some more individual items that might negatively impact. Um, on a positive level, I think again, just making the school, the community one unit in order to fight this, this growing need that we have. Um, and I, again, I'm going to be biased, but I think we need to prioritize that way ahead of many other things that I think a lot of schools still prioritize. Okay. Um, I got a two-parter here. Okay. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> okay, so um, is it one? Would it, is it safe to say that students today face more varied mental health challenges than they did in years past? And are we better suited to address them with the resources that we do have available in today's educational system? The first part of that, I would say that I just think there's, again, with heightened awareness, there is um, more that we are now uh, becoming more evolved with. So I think that in and of itself makes it seem like there's more. I also think that social media has a huge impact um, with cyber, cyber bullying, just everything that goes into any sort of social media, which we didn't have years ago. Um, so I think it makes it tougher for our us as educators and parents to really try to eliminate that or decrease um, things that can contribute to mental health needs. But I do agree, on the other hand, the second part of the question that um, unfortunately it has had, had to come with an increase in mental health needs, but now we have more and more and more supports. And that's that brings me back to one of the initial statements I had that supports are continuing to grow in the mental health field and how they relate to education because of the need. Um, so we really are prioritizing that. I just thought of a question as well. With uh, our discussions as teachers, we've kind of been talking about, you know, we, we have standards, we have state tests, we have all this stuff, but like, well, is that the most important thing to be stressing? I'm just curious in your world, different meetings, people you come into contact with, is that, has that shift focused as well where it used to be maybe People focusing on, well, we gotta get the scores up, we gotta do this. Mm -hmm. it, from th that side of things, has the perspective shifted on like what we should be stressing in school, what we should be trying mm -hmm. to help, or is it? I don't, I'm just curious what your your perspective on that is. I think in in the school that I work at now and schools I have been at, I think that the focus, you know, there still is a heavy focus on standardized right. uh, sure. assessment, but I think now people are not prioritizing mental health over that, but just knowing that uh, if mental health needs aren't met student achievement won't be met um, because it is such a huge barrier um, for our students in today's world that we have to address those needs in order to maximize our students opportunities for success well joe thank you so so much for taking time to join us today and I'll keep fighting the good fight my friend all right absolutely thank you guys thanks Joe. always good seeing you all right, well, when we come back, our exit ticket and final thoughts. Stay with us. Pod for Teacher is sponsored by Slinky. The metal ones, though. A plastic Slinky is about as effective as me diving into a pool. And by that, I mean it's terrible. No offense. So what have we learned? What can we do to help students, staff, and administrators in an effort to improve mental health across the board. I, I honestly just think, you know, just ha having awareness in general, I think will, will, will help quite a bit. That's the fact that um, we need to collectively try to help break the stigma that there's nothing wrong with having mental health issues. Um, we need to focus on um, positive reinforcement and positive uh, outcomes to help improve the mental health of all of those stakeholders that you just mentioned, Kristen. And, um, really, I mean, I, I, re I really like that, uh, that piece from Martha Beck, uh, before, you know, just about, we need to take a step back sometimes realize like what, what things are out there, what resources are out there to help us 
find our own happiness. Um, and then we need to kind of try to do what we can to make that world a reality for as many people as possible. I know in education, we wear a lot of hats. We may not be psychologists, as we mentioned before, but we certainly wear that guidance counselor hat once in a while, too. I, we've all had um, students, colleagues, um, administrators, you know, approach us and, you know, need to kind of break something down, need to need to talk to you about something or other. And you may be and or may have been that only the, the only person that day or with that situation that offered them any sort of guidance or solace at all. And um, so I, th I don't think we can underestimate our roles in this thing. I think that like everybody plays a plays a factor. And I mean, I think as long as it's on the collective consciousness, I think that we will be moving in the right direction. I think you hit it on the head there with this issue of intentionality, like just making the effort and being intentional about trying to positively impact the lives of people. And it's not supposed to sound cheesy, but how often could a smile on your face lift the spirits of somebody else. So even, even in the small things, sometimes you think, oh, you have to do this grand, we got to do a campaign, we got to do this, we got to do that. And I would say it's just in daily life, the way you, hey, hi, <laughs> like it's actually saying hi to people in the hallway and just seeing how people are doing. And I think it's important too, because sometimes we might think, well, then we're just going to do that and not worry about the kind. Well, no, we still have a job to do. You know, we're our teachers, we still have time, but we can still interact and engage the students on a level where they know that they're valued, that they have worth, and they can still, I would argue, maybe I'm wrong, but if students know that they're valued and they have worth and that you care about them, they're more willing to work with the material with you, work on the content, that sort of stuff in my mind comes a lot easier for them and more willing to put forth the effort. So I just think intentionality and taking the time uh, to do those sort of things. And I don't know about you, but when you do those things, your day goes better too. Whenever you're out right. there, you know, just trying to you know boost other people's spirits, I mean, your spirit gets lifted. And so I think that's an important thing that I was able to take away from it too. And I, I think all of it is focusing on the now and today and your classroom and figuring out or in the hallway, wherever you're going to be. And sometimes the funny cheesiness that, you know, jokes or whatever it might be, it, you feel silly when you say them as a teacher because the kids will roll their eyes or something, but it could also be something that that might be the only time they smile or whatever today. And I think um, with Martha Beck and that seeking joy, us as teachers feeling joy as well will then just carry off into our classroom. If we're negative, we're going to give off negativity. So working hard and finding our own joy, I think, is, is part of this also. And you've brought positivity to this team, K-Mills. Oh, thanks, you, guys. Thanks. You have thanks. buoyed my spirits. Kind of like the Kirstie Alley and when she joined Cheers. <laughs> just, what? just like that, yes. What, what's Cheers? No. It's, like, it's, it's a show I that uh, went off the air almost 30 years ago now. That's so. <laughs> where everyone knows your name. It, that is, my one, my one friend and I, we've talked when we're like in our 70s. That's the dream, right? You go to a diner, they see you. You know, in your little scooter coming through the window, and they like, start cooking that breakfast. Right, they know your name. They're like, "Oh, you're That's coming." That's a dream. I love Isn't it. Isn't that great? I Isn't love that it. You know who would definitely get that? Cheers reference. Who? Hootie. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Let's go. Um, okay. Well, for more information on mental health resources available for those in need, visit the National Institute of Mental Health online at www.nimh.nih.gov. That's all the time we have for today. We'd like to thank Joe Testa for joining us. 
You can follow us on Twitter at Pod4Teacher. You can follow me at A Fitzpatrick CJE, and you can follow Nate at Nland Jelly. Kristen, what are the odds that you'll take the plunge and join us in the Twitterverse? Uh, well, I have a Twitter. I just yeah. You, you don't follow us? No. Wow. Oh, that's, oh. You know what though? You know what? I'm gonna get on it now. I will. Yeah, Actually, fitting. I have. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. fitting. Like I, I've mentioned many times for the few people who listen that my wife doesn't even listen to the podcast. Oh. But now you're you're like on the show now. Like right, you should at right, least. right. So I'll, I'll get on it. So I guess the odds are very high. I'll have the students teach me. Everything. <laughs> so please subscribe and rate. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you found our pod. Reviews help more people find us and connect. And we really appreciate it. Kristen, do you want to talk about merch? I feel silly saying merch because I don't say Why? it in my. Merch. I don't usually use that word. Seriously? I'm not. I'm not in that lingo. You weren't in the. Thing. You weren't in the scene, is what you're saying. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly. Yeah. What, that's exactly what I'm saying. Back in the day, we called it merch. <laughs> I think. I think some, I think some merch is going to be coming for Pod for Teacher, and I don't want to give too much away quite yet. So right. But, so you listeners will still not be able to see us because you just listen. But right. But we be... will describe it in great detail so you can picture it right? <laughs> as we write. Like right. But it'll be great. Yes. Yeah, so we will be having some fun merch that will be coming Pod for Teacher. Excellent. That was a long inhale. He just took that. But yeah, are you okay? Just taking it all in. I, taking it all in on the outro. Brad, we, we miss Brad. Oh, okay. Double B. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Everybody.